everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, listener. Hey, listener. Hey, reader. Viewer. So, here we are. Here we are. We're starting. We're starting the podcast called Valley Valley Girls Girls. with a U and a Z. Um, And... (laughs) (laughs) So... Okay, so why Valley Girls? Let's, why we Valley Girls? probably explain why. Um, so we're from the Valley. We are. If that isn't apparent enough to you. So the Valley the valley is the San Fernando Valley, which is part of LA County. So that's why, yes. you know, the experience of, you know, when you leave the Valley, you go to college or you move away. Someone asks you where you're from. You say LA. You say LA. Because if you say the Valley, only people in LA know what you mean when you say the Valley. So right. when you go anywhere other than Los Angeles, you say I'm from Los Angeles, and you are because it's part of LA, LA County. It is. LA it totally County. counts. It's not what like I don't. Santa Clarita. Yeah, some bitches are. I'm at the uh, freshman year uh, mm-hmm. uh, writing the essay. Of course. Oh, Classic. so he. By the way, we both. I graduated from NYU last year. Henry goes there right now. Yeah. So freshman year writing the essay. Yeah. Was, I was in a in a class with a lot of act, actors, mm. and you know how I feel about acting majors. Um, I'm. I don't want to be too mean, so I'm just gonna keep that to well, myself I think, right now. I think anyone who's encountered an acting major yeah, knows. I, I think I don't have to about. say anything. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so we're going around saying where we're from, and you know, this girl says she's from LA. She's like one of the first or second to go. I'm like the last. I'm like I'm also from LA. She's like, where are you from? And mm. then I was like, oh, I'm from the Valley. And she was like, oh yeah, I'm from like Claremont. Right. And I was like, <laughs> well, you know, in my head, I was like, bitch. <laughs> You you're can't from claim us. you're from Southern California. You're not from Los Angeles. Right. Like at least say you're. From, I don't know. Claremont, I think, is north. It's not even Orange County, but it's like Orange County vibes. That is a, but that's like a yeah no. So like yeah, I do get offended when people try and like sneak their way into saying they're from Los Angeles when they're really just from Southern California because California is a big fucking state. Okay. It's a country. Um, it's literally a country. It's the size of a country. But yeah, so the valley counts. However, it is still. Sort of living in the valley, you are adjacent. You're to you're adjacent. the experience of LA that people think about and which is, LA culture, right? Right, yeah. What exactly. you know, <laughs> it's giving. It's it's not giving Hollywood. It's not giving no, us Hollywood no, no, no. or Beverly Hills. It's almost giving like Westchester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's 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 to like, New York, like not like it's giving Jersey to New York. It's giving Jersey, maybe Brooklyn. It's give Maybe yeah. Brooklyn. I think it's more. I'd say it's in between giving New Jersey to New York to Brooklyn and New right. York. If that makes sense. Well, the valley Listeners. is. <laughs> <laughs> that might make literally make no sense at all. No, but I think the valley. I don't know. Don't you I, I feel like. But it's it is it's more diverse and unfortunately LA is incredibly segregated too. But it's like oh totally. I like it's worse we, than in New York, the valley also. is you know you know the part of Sherman Oaks that's like going to the hills and it's also like Pacoima another thing I think we should point out is that like a lot of you know LA is basically just Hollywood like the entertainment industry whatever mm-hmm. so many people like kind of like escape to live in the valley to try and escape like you know it's unassuming yeah. and it's also like again a lot of a lot of parts of the valley are less expensive yes exactly. so you find so many actors in oh Studio City, my God! Studio North, in North Hollywood. Hollywood. My 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 ex my ex boyfriend actor. Mm-hmm. My first boyfriend was an actor. Um, never again. And he, <laughs> um, lives in Noho. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Of course. And, um, yeah. So. It's just this experience of <laughs> being on the fringes. It know? is an experience of being on the fringes. And within that, it establishes its own culture. It and, has you know, its there own is fucking culture. Valley culture sort of hit its peak per se in the 80s which is when my mother right. was a valley girl my mother literally grew up in woodland hills the valley mm-hmm. um she is what you know people around like the world really are like oh like when you hear valley girl and the people who recognize it they think of like what my mom was when yeah. she was our age well people knew people knew what it was through these um pieces of entertainment that we do hope to talk about in the yes. future Definitely um, gonna deconstruct Valley Girl, the film, the at some film. point with the Nicolas Cage. Um, I have a lot of opinions on Nicolas Cage. Okay. Personally, National Treasure is my dad's favorite movie. He watches it every time it's on, and I think that says a lot about... Right. Um, well, and they have to <laughs> redefine and reshape your opinion because have you seen Wild at Heart, Nicolas Cage? Yes, I've, I haven't seen that, and I've heard okay. he is hot in hot. that. Hot, okay. Because, like... Okay, but like this is for a whole other. Okay, well, but, but that might happen. We're gonna we're gonna watch that. We're gonna react to that movie, um, yeah. and on a pod. But yeah, basically, like this podcast is it's gonna be music centric. Not gonna lie, Henry and I are music nerds, one hundred percent. Especially like pop, uh, any sort of any all the segments of pop music, you know, all the way to like indie and like hip hop, like yeah, we're like you know between the two of us into. Well, I think what happened was we recently sort of came to terms with the fact that most of our conversations were one, like just regurgitating 90% of podcasts and also no, literally talking about And it got music. to a point where we were like, we should, I know this is the most, like everyone says this who makes a podcast, but it's like, we should record this. Well, <laughs> You know, the Friendship to Podcast Pipeline, Friends, The course. Friendship to Podcast pi- Pipeline is, like, what has shaped, I think, is going to begin to shape the, uh, the, it what, already our has, decade. It's our decade. the nation, it's swept. It started in the 20, it started the last decade, but I sure. think it, it, this is when it really booms, because... This is when every NYU student and alum gets a microphone and says hey people no literally (laughs) like on my spotify there were so many like random ass podcasts coming up of girls like literally like us talking about culture and i'm just like okay so and this is why like we really wanted to think of something that set us apart because we're very aware of the fact that we are simply two white uh, just another girl and gay talking about their opinions yeah and we understand, like, and we don't really, honestly, at this point, we don't really care if anyone even fucking <laughs> listens to this. Like, we just want to do this for fun, and if it, like, people listen to us, then, like, cool. But, like, honestly... We're just here to talk shit, and then... It's more just know. that, like, we we say so many things about music and culture in general, and, like, you know, our favorite, you know, aspects of culture, where it all intersects, and, you know, we're both very into movies as well. Mm-hmm. Um... So this kind of gives us an opportunity to like sort of, I don't want to say like curate our conversations, but like now I get to show you Wild at Heart and like give you a reason no, to this watch is, it no, and this then is good. talk about it. No, you know it's good I mean? for us because yeah, there's a, we have a ton in common, uh, media wise, but the, you know, there's always of gaps. Course. There's always going to be gaps and this is going to like totally merge, help merge those gaps right. a lot. Um, 
But we just wanted to sort of get the ball rolling. Totally. Just start talking about, like we said, music. And when thinking about like, okay, well, originally what we were going to do was that... We were going <laughs> oh. to break down 1989. And Well, I... we were going to break down 1989 because we all had the assumption... Assumption that 1989 was going to be the next... Right. Re- okay. We need to introduce ourselves as Swifties. Oh my God. This is a big drop on people because the thing about Taylor Swift is that like, you know, it's, this is not something that we like understand. Well, I guess we do understand why it's like this. Mm -hmm. It's fucked up, but she is very controversial. Well, I, I, I look forward to when we, yeah, really like truly, you know, deep dive into our Swifty experiences oh because they are different. They're and different. And I think a lot of you yeah. out there can relate to both sure. of our different ways that we got to Taylor. Of course. Um, yes, we are alternative Swifties. They <laughs> do exist. Okay. Alternatives. Her fans are not all fucking, fucking basic. Okay. We're basic in our own ways for sure. We, um, we, and we, we do claim it, our basicness we, with pride. We do claim our basicness with pride. It's, you it's, know, but, it's like, it's that, um, you know, that Gwyneth Paltrow quote that's like, it's about the balance of tofu and cigarettes. Oh my God. Yes. Life is all about the balance of tofu and cigarettes. Because and we I hold both consume both of those things <laughs> right. and they make me feel different things. Yeah. And I love both. I mean, you know, I try, I try and stay away from the cigs. I don't buy them, mostly just because they're like $18 a pack in New York. (laughs) So it's good. Thank you, New York, for making those prices so high. Um, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, so we are Swifties Mm -hmm. and she's going to come up every pod. I don't think it's going to be possible. Like she comes up almost every Lost Colch pod. Right. You know, like how, and we're more Swifties than that, I I mean, I can't, my mom, my mom's in town visiting and I, I can oh my God, tell you I, stop. I, I, yeah no I can't stop and she's and also again we'll get to this when we really dive into her but I used to be like passionately like hate her yeah and I I had many years where I was anti me. her yeah my mom knew that about me she kind of was in on the the hate train like many were right so now suddenly like I come back to her you know to her presence a few months later and I can't shut up about her and she's like going on you wait know. yeah that is kind of valid right yeah it's like oh uh and of course my mom the supportive beautiful woman that she is wants to like be on board now she's like oh i guess i have to like, yeah like her now. <laughs> your mom is yeah. so cute <laughs> yeah 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 well because like i feel like your parents do like to participate in the media that you like a little bit more than mine do like i mm-hmm. i feel like you get you can get them to listen to stuff and watch stuff that i could <laughs> never in a million years get my fucking dad to there listen was, to her watch. There was this tweet, and this is going to be a recurring thing of me saying, there yes. was this tweet, there was this meme. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> there was this, but there was this tweet yes. that was like, it was like a screenshot of daddy's home, which of course we'll talk about. Oh, yeah. And then like a reply that was like, my gay son keeps trying to show me this. Yes. Oh my God, I and saw I that. Like, I prob- you probably mm, posted I probably that. Did. <laughs> but fully no. me to my dad. How did we get here? Oh, so yeah, we originally were going to talk about uh, 1989 yes. Taylor's version, version because hello she honestly has been teasing us with that okay the first thing while. remember I told you there was this tweet it was something about yeah, yeah, the first, word first like hello she already played like that snippet of wildest dreams in the okay but horse girl turn, movie. turns fucking out 
the fucking Easter egg was oh. that Jake Gyllenhaal is in that movie. That's the Easter egg. And the song is Wildest Dreams, which is like not just about Harry. Like it's also oh. kind of like implying Jake. That's so. What a, I think. What a, and that was the Easter egg. And it's like. She's so cruel. The fact <laughs> that there were, like, the entire fandom came up with all these other ones that, like, simply were, like, by accident. And then, like, hers, like, we missed. So we know that, <laughs> she, so we know that it, she's not releasing this album next because today is the day that she announced that the next yes, it is June. It is June 18th. She <sighs> posted the post and. She looks. She is eloquent. Is that gonna was that gonna be the like I cover? So. I think so. I it loved was, it. I love it, and I love that all of the, these re-release covers are like, well, the ring said red. She her wait, ring wait, wait. says yes. What ring? She in, in on, she, yeah, on the cover. She's like okay, holding I need face to or whatever. Pull it up. I need to pull well, up. I was going to say that both you know the fearless Taylor's version and this don't have any text on it, which I like. I love just a photo. Yes, you know Bonnie and Emily. Uh, uh-huh. So we watch <laughs> some. We we like to you know go you know half half alive and watch reaction videos to taylor swift yeah. on youtube and there's these australian girls and they are i mean they're adorable and they actually give me a lot of context into of a lot course, of the music yeah because they're they are researched. like they, they're even more swift they're way more swift oh. than us they're like hardcore like yeah it's a religion oh my god it says red right cute wait i love that i want it no <laughs> i want I want red merch. I and like, all, even her caption was like iconic. I know. I know it was so extra. Like the <laughs> music and lyrically, red resembled a heartbroken person. It's it was like the, <laughs> the devil may care attitude. It was like <laughs> yes. Honestly, um, like I bet she was difficult to be in a relationship with in her early twenties. But like, it's because she's like one of a fucking kind. Okay. Anyways, so Anyways. since that fell through Taylor, we <laughs> decided that we were going to... So, okay, so it's, it's June, right? It's June. June is a time of the year when music publications tend to gather and release lists of their favorite albums of the year so far. It's yes. kind of like we're midpoint in the year. Midpoint. So, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. So we decided to share our um our opinions with you right in our in our way mm-hmm. um you know hopefully maybe you'll agree a little bit or you'll disagree or maybe you'll find something or no one will listen to this and that's and fine that's <laughs> love um love. so i think we'll start with some some honorable mentions yeah yeah we're gonna start with some honorable mentions and then we're gonna do we're just gonna do five because i also don't i also I, like, I could do a 10. I could do a top 10. Yeah. But, but I, then honestly, it's not really a top, you know? That it's just like, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I, honestly, yeah. I, and I love these five albums. Yeah. I think I still, maybe my maybe number one, but I still haven't had a Punisher or a Fetch the Bolt Cutters. No, yet, like, no, no, no. Obviously not a Norman. I, <laughs> come on. We're never going to get a Norman for a while. I mean, I feel like, yeah, thinking about these, yeah, you're right. Right. But it's, that's, again, I feel... I haven't even thought about that. And I think it's also just timing, like, because mm-hmm. we did get, well, we'll talk about Lana. We'll, t- well yeah. But, like, Should Lana we couldn't, 
Let's start with Let's Anna. Start with here Anna. we are. So here we are. She released Chemtrails, Chemtrails over, over the, the country, country club. club. When I was a waitress wearing a white dress, look how I do this. Look how I got this. I was a waitress. And it's a beautiful album. And she's an honorable mention. So she's an honorable mention because Lana, you know, she's in her thirties now. She's a grown woman, even though she's become more and more. Um, completely aloof (laughs) (laughs) and this is something that like I kind of respect about her and also obviously cringe at because like you know I'm fairly you know I'm fairly politically left and Lana is who knows knows? and sometimes I'm just like is this like should I is it okay to be your like what are you saying like and but like honestly I mostly just kind of like think she's a badass for like really not caring at all what anyone's gonna right. say and we don't PC culture has gone too far in a lot of ways and like even though like obviously she's problematic in a lot of ways I think it's kind of good to have like some celebrities bringing it back a little bit <laughs> well, do you what know it what is, I mean? what it is and I'll, I think I'll, I'll get into this when we talk about St. Vincent but it's, yeah. it's oh, I've, yes. I've kind of come to this thing of like like, why do we care what Lana Del Rey and, like, an artist really has to say about, like, the state of our culture politically? Yeah. Like, she is a musician. And obviously musicians and artists, especially of her level of success, do carry, you know, a certain amount of influence. But, like, the things that people are, you know, get upset with her about are so complicated and structural and how totally. is whatever she's gonna say like actually change anything so why do we i mean okay lana is a you know neoliberal white millennial so the way she is on social media makes complete sense tbh she's ultimately a little clueless and not really that aware um but do you know creatives is it a requirement (laughs) that a creative is like politically not only politically aware but woke at the same time for her to be like listenable or them to be listenable like here's here's the crazy contradiction is that so when chemtrails came out and then we've had this year of like lana sort of mini controversies there was this article published i want to say it was harper's bazaar or it was just this writer sort of going through her entire career and and trying to point out every moment she's been problematic and there was this absolutely insane i mean the whole thing was insane but there was a part where she was like brooklyn baby the song like doesn't address like the gentrification of brooklyn like it sounds like satire and then okay so and then in in one of these uh, three new Blue Bannister songs. Lana sings. She like name drops Black Lives Matter or whatever. Okay. And then of course she can't win because people are now like, oh, like how dare she appropriate this movement for one of her songs? Yeah, like I'm sorry. This is Lana. Tr- this is Lana trying but, to but quote Taylor. But that's right. <laughs> this is, but this is Lana trying. This is Lana trying. But that's what I'm saying. Like that Black Lives Matter. I I, I also think that line is cringy. But it but it. No, kinda, yeah, of course it's cringy. But it but it's fitting into that type of idea of Lana that you're claiming to want, who's singing about the gentrification of Brooklyn. Like, yes. It's and it's like so does she who can't really win. Wants that. 
It's just like when Taylor was getting, you know, attacked for not being politically out or out as a Mm. liberal, basically, which is hilarious. I mean, now we know there was, it's a A lot lot of complicated with the record label and country music, you know, whatever. Of course. And her dad is like a Republican. Like, it's going to be hard. Like, but again, and then she gives everyone what they want with Lover Mm -hmm. and now it's cringe and queer rating, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, this is literally what you've been asking her to do. What did you expect? And again, she's going to do it her way. What does, at the end of the day, what is her saying, like, vote for Biden actually do for it anybody? Doesn't, it doesn't do shit. Like, it's clearly one, look at, like, where, like, yeah, like, the pandemic's, like, going away. That's, like, kind of, like, that was kind of the only, like, real reason. <laughs> Like, for Biden, I mean, maybe we shouldn't get into politics. Well, well no, I think, it, I think it's, we should just, this is us just speaking our It's us speaking our truth. Minds. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, a, like, sure, you know, as Taylor, maybe she makes the statement and, and a bunch of Swifties go out and vote, but then what, we have another, like, war criminal in office? Okay. Exactly. And it's also, like... They're celebrities. Do you think their lives are anything like ours? No. Oh, of course God. they're not going to fully understand, like, well, you, po- honestly, the politics all... of, like, everything and, like, be activists. Like, that's a lot to ask from people that literally don't live in the normal world. And, like, at the end of the day, pretty much all celebrities are kind of evil in a sense. Like, we, totally. we love we love these celebrities for... Their personas and the the art that they give us, but at the end of the day, their their lives are so removed, like you just said, from the experience. Yeah, of so it's gonna be fake beings. anyways. Like any any artist on a Taylor or Lana level, it's gonna be fake, especially love, if they're white. So I, it's just yeah. like you know what I mean. So it's like what you, you're putting all this pressure on these artists to be like politically correct, and then they do it to please you, and then you get mad <laughs> some way, some other way, and it's just like. Yeah, they can't win. Exactly. Once you sort of accept that, like, okay, what Lana has to say about things politically does not matter. No. It, it kind of, I kind of have sort of, in a weird way, like, fallen in love with this, like, bizarre, per- like, like iteration of her that is posting, like, her, like, little exhilaration for Target bow sandals. No, she's, oh my god, I reposted all my and stories. Like, I was like, this no, is... incredible. I hope that's the album cover. Like... Oh my god. No. Honestly, imagine? she's like pushing art forward. No, it's <laughs> like... so like it's so like post-ironic. <laughs> yeah, and again, she's not even trying, which makes it it's another layer layer of irony, it which is, is performance just performance art. I mean, the it's I, so I still good. can't get over the like la- the live streamings like at Denny's and Oh my god. <sighs> just so artist. iconic. Um, she's authentically herself. but the album itself <laughs> the album itself okay so I'm gonna pull up the well, so like, track I mean it's it's very much a transitional album it is it's totally. I, I really appreciate and again it's almost inevitable but inevitable that she'd reach this point in her career but she's you know speaking about themes of leaving LA getting tired of fame sort of retreating to these yeah and like Lana has never been someone who like likes or wants or cares about being famous. But I do think, especially in, like, the Born to Die era, she was embodying these figures of, like, That's old true. Hollywood fame, of, like, Marilyn Monroe. But then I think she and... realized what it really is, and totally. was like, no, exactly. oh. Yeah. I think she grew up. She learned. People learned. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? I'd say she 
glowed up musically, definitely. I mean, yeah. well, well, it's well, not that I don't like Born to Die. Like, it's iconic. But it, it's 2012, you know? Like, if that came so out much, now, people would be like, uh. But, but, <laughs> but we all know that it, it, Born to Die is probably... Oh, one of the most the influential single... pop albums yeah. of the, like, 2010s. She, she made pop sad. Because she created pop sad. Would Billie Eilish exist? Would Lord exist? Would, would any of these like bedroom pop type indie with girls... With your Halsey's and your... You yes. Know. Even like fucking Claro and of like course. Phoebe. Because it's like... Well, and now they're working with Jack too. It's crazy. Yeah. We... I feel like we can do like three whole episodes on Jack Antonoff. Right. Um, iconic. So, iconic Jew. Right, right. So iconic Jew. <laughs> So I am Jewish. That wasn't just like a random <laughs> Jew drop. Um, <laughs> Chemtrails is the second album to be primarily produced by Jack Antonoff. Yes. And I mean, let's. So part of the reason why this album is, you know, an honorable mention is it very much lives in the shadow of Norman fucking Rockwell, which was... I told you I, I revisited yesterday and I was like, I'm like. I feel I like I can't believe you're like yeah 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 you're like I can't believe Henry Oda texted me like I can't believe this album exists like no, or something to like it's one of those things crazy. where like of course when it came out like I knew how great it was but with time and with distance yes. it's like wow every song is truly a masterpiece and every song and this is again why Chemtrails is an honorable mention is every song in that album would have been like the best on Chemtrails if it were on Chemtrails every uh, yeah every song on Norman yeah totally yeah. And there are obviously and it, and it does you know yes I do love the storyline of, of of leaving LA to these like sort of middle America rest stops but of course we are the Valley Girls we and are, we love like, a oh, California we narrative. love California like in Norman Franken Rockwell and she's like Holly I don't remember the melody Hollywood and Val- like she she no, names the, the, it so is a California many. album it is truly like a love not only is it a California album it's an LA album yeah like, or like it's LA in the summer Long Beach moments. Long Beach yeah there were definitely and yeah like I've spent some time in Long Beach when my best friends right. used to live there so it's just like like vibes it is <laughs> it is just like this like dissertation on the highs and lows of southern california yeah a hundred percent and um, and it's it is one of it's, it's just such a grand statement and her best album hands down like i'm sorry you can't argue like no one has even attempted to argue against that like i mean and i'm about to no <laughs> and, and then ultraviolence <laughs> no, no, no no i think i think norman i think again norman is her best takes ultraviolence I, ha- I have so much nostalgia yeah ultraviolence is my second as well but so it, 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 it does go back and forth from a bit. Yeah, but um, <coughs> but yeah, so like I also really appreciate that like she knew she couldn't I'm I was worried she was gonna try and like do Norman part two. And that would have just completely flopped because right. she did Norman. Like she did it. You know, it's like she doesn't need to It I I really again, it does it always hit for me, no, but I appreciate the the levels of experiment experimentation going on here like yeah totally on chemtrails on chemtrails yeah <coughs> excuse me like um i i remember again i it's it's probably one of it's not my favorite part of the album but like that sort of crazy bridge of um what's what's that song damn it i should here, i should have the, had this pulled up it's one of i the have last it pulled ones. up for you until we die when suddenly it gets yeah, yeah, all yeah. like 
Woodstock yes. festival, like Jimi Hendrix, but like bananas, her vocal delivery gets super sassy. Again, it's not my favorite, but I was like, oh, she's, she's trying things. Yeah. And you know, I'd say like the first three tracks like hit like white dress, Ken White, white dress is one of her best tracks. Oh my God. White dress is, is an incredible so... song. And again, and experimentation, like lyrically too, concept wise, like the fact that she felt, um, seen at a <laughs> fucking men at the music, men, men in the music business conference well it's such an i, I like, think it's such an only her <laughs> it's like the perfect sort of it's the perfect sort of example of like shifting the current discourse of feminism of like you know what no i do feel powerful in my sexuality as somewhat being in somewhat of a submissive role i think that's implied in this like when you think of yeah the this like music business conference dominated by like men. Of course, there's this air of like worry there, and like we we know yeah, just we like, know but we really know the future high. But but you have to remember it's Lana. We have to remember it's Lana, and we Lana have to remember not that like feminism and and, and femininity take many different forms. Yeah, and not every woman is gonna sing like this is my fight song. Katy Perry, hear me roar. Yes, like, hello, like I. No. And this is what... It, and this It manifests is, in every woman differently. And, yeah. like, this is Lana's way. And, like... This is female complexity. This is... Absolutely. It's human is, complexity. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> so, I mean, you know, like, it, when I listen to that lyric every time, I'm always like, like, good for you. Right, like, no, no, it's, <laughs> I, But I mean, it's like, it's, I can't comprehend that, but, like, you made a good fucking song out of it, so... It's a great song. I, yeah. It, like... Uh, it's so funny like when she rips her jewel and she like oh keeping it I mean and she's really pushing course. her voice too like uh-huh. da, 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 da. Uh, and oh. the meme the meme the meme the TikTok meme da, 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 music business conference yeah and I like and that's like sick like what that that's a great moment in that song I I wanted to honorably mention um Ian Sweet's album until I'm town You know, fairly doesn't, you know, I think has like 90,000 something listeners on Spotify. So like pretty, you know, fairly well known, but not like yeah. crazy big new indie album. Um, definitely a lot of experimentation there and I really appreciated it. And it was in my top five for like a second. And then, and then you switched. And then Slater. Oh, Slater. Of course, of course, of course. Okay, but we'll get, we'll get there. there. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about... Well, Ian, I... Yeah, definitely you, you've you listened to her more than I have. I listened. I thought it was really cute. I really yeah. liked um, Sword. Um, so, yeah, Sword. Sword is good. That's one of the popular ones. Um, um, do yeah. you have any like singular honorable mentions you want to mention before we get into... I do, to, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, well, Sour, Olivia Rodrigo, but we're going to talk about it later. Wait, we'll talk about one Sour. I, one I really wanted to mention, I don't even think I told you about this. Yeah, Because it's been like a recent sort of listening experience. But there's this band called Spirit of the Beehive. Stand over my bed To trace a fading light I don't know where I am No 
heard of them, so but I don't think I've listened I to them. I found out about them through Mitski did... Have you seen those, like, um, Amoeba What's in My Bag videos? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Duh. So she, one of them... <laughs> duh. Duh. Um, one of the... Yeah, one of the records she pulled was Spirit of the Beehive. I don't... It wasn't even this one. It was, like, their first album. She's like, this is my favorite band right now. So I was like, oh, okay, Mitski. Mitski. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this album... I would bow down to Mitski. Honestly, so. yeah. Like... The only reason why this album is an honorable mention right now is it is more of a recent listen and it's super dense. Like they do this thing where every song, like none of the songs stick to a singular, like typical structure or like melody. Okay. It'll, it'll, <laughs> that's literally, that was an accident. And then <laughs> I'm already like, oh, I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, it's super like I'm into that though you know as a contemporary dancer that was that was a really intense three seconds of noise yeah but here's the thing suddenly the song will shift into like this really like kind of dream poppy space and and it'll like hook you for a second and then it shifts so your brain is like constantly being fucked with yeah there's so many layers and like it's one of those things where the more you listen to it the more things are revealed to you and Shit. more of those melodies do like stick in your head. So it, it like, it grows more accessible as you listen. It's, it's a really interesting album. The cover art is insane. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I know. That is literally insane. Scary. Um, I haven't even begun to like look at the lyrics cause I'm still oh like dissecting yeah. what's going on, but it's really good. My favorite I think is wrong circle and, um, and give up your life. Give up your life. Give up your life. The server is immersed. There's some good stuff. Cool. It's good. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. Perhaps. I will. Any other honorable mentions for you? Um, not off the top of my head, any singular ones. I know mm. we, I, I don't know. I kind of want to talk about just like, okay, so obviously Fearless, Taylor's version came right. out. As well as, <laughs> I love that we're talking about Taylor and Nikki, but like, beat me up, Scotty. Hey, yo, I was on the plane with the wine. You can call me Whitley, I go to Hill, Maine. Listen, I'm the baddest in the school, the baddest in the game. Excuse me, honey, but nobody's in my lane. When you was in New York, you was fucking re-released or put Beat mm-hmm. Me Up Scotty on Spotify yeah. with a couple few new songs, couple few, with a few new songs. Yeah. Um, so obviously people had heard Beat Me Up Scotty, but mm-hmm. you know, for example, only people that had, you know, were strong enough. I have not listened to it in full and I... I'm like, and you're fairly I'm like a Nikki. A, I'm like Barbara Jason. Yeah, you are Barbara Jason. I mean, I'm, I, I obviously I just claim to have not heard all the songs, so maybe Barb isn't even in my like I don't house, know. But so, you will have to. That, I feel like that's for a Barb. I to had decide. a Barb moment. The Pink Prince. You definitely was a, did. A yeah. Really important. Um, <laughs> I and so like I obviously like of course I've heard Nicki Minaj. Of course I respect Nicki Minaj. She is a Sagittarius okay. as well as I. So I you know I respect all Sag women. I respect all Sagittarius, <laughs> but especially Sag women. Um, but so yeah, so she put it out, beat me up, Scotty, and mm-hmm. I'm listening to it, and I don't know, it really fucking hits, and I know it's from 2009, and right. it's dated. There are especially some songs <clears throat> that I'm like, yeah, especially no. in the production. The production. It's mostly in the production because she, she, yeah. I don't think her quality is any any lower. But some of her best verses. Yes, I mean, totally. Itty bitty piggy. Itty bitty piggy is is truly iconic. I think I've I've re fallen in love with the boss ass bitch remix. Boss ass bitch sure. killed a DJ is a bop as well. This was a really nice way to sort of 
reintroduce herself by yeah adding like little nuggets of of new stuff Mm -hmm. but being like hey just remember that like i am the best and like I've I've been the best. She like this was two thousand nine. How old was Megan the Stallion in two thousand nine? How old right. was Flo Millie alive? Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like exactly. Yeah. Like no. she set the tone, the bar, the stage for like exactly. some of the best like rap that we're getting from women like mm-hmm. now in my opinion like yeah. I mean well there's this whole school of female rappers that really. They they will watch her. So yeah, yeah, I think it was a really smart release. Of course, I mean, what do we what do we have to say about Fearless? I feel like there's do we save it? Hey, Stephen, but sexy. Right, that's (laughs) that's the most important thing. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Stephen, I can give you fifty reasons why I should be the one you choose. All those other girls, well, they're beautiful, but would they write a song for you? <laughs> it's obviously, it's an honorable mention because we're Swifties. I really honestly loved what she did with it. Um, there were only a couple songs where the originals, for me it was um, Forever and Always was the only one that didn't really. Sure, you know that one too, yeah. She yeah. wasn't as like I'm yeah. sorry she wasn't she was totally wasn't as angry I feel like she skipped over that um, one a little like like anger she she needed to get angry well and it's one. also like you know it rains when you hear rains are gone and the notes that they were in that was probably like harder for her to hit than it is now yeah as a much like mm-hmm. mature vocalist so it's like the way it sounds in the original version is like anger and also like difficulty and like hitting yeah, the but notes. Yeah, it sounds No, and it works. Good. And it why, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works more yeah. in that in in that way. That's that's very that's a good point. But, you know, Taylor Taylor's version, can't wait for a ride. I am not ready for the 10-minute version of All Too Well. I'm literally going to die. I know. And I know I know this is such a like underdog of a song. Um, and I saw that we did, we did little like, um, rankings or we did like this like tier. Oh yes. Did you see my, you saw my list. Sad, Beautiful, Tragic was so low on your list. And that song on my list. That song. Okay. And I also have to To say, I am. Red is like, I love Red, but it, it's not my favorite. No, I mean, but Sad, Beautiful, Tragic is not most people's favorite song, but I don't still know. a great song. I listened to it today. Well, like, what it is, I think I, what it is is that song sounds like a Mazzy Star song, and I've had quite the year of you obsession have. with Mazzy Star. So naturally, like I hear a um, a heavily reverb tambourine, and I'm 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 there. Stunned. What? <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, it, it's beautiful lyrically as well. I'm really excited yeah, for. Oh my I'm, god, the turn. This is so tender. Anyways. I'm excited for treacherous. Treacherous. So let's let's get into our our top. Our top five. five. Yes. Okay. So who wants to go first? Suddenly, like. What's also, my top can you five? hear our cough drop? <laughs> ASMR. ASMR pod. It's more. Um, this is already a mess. I love it. No, it's definitely a mess. Um, We're gonna do. We'll we'll have more structure next time. Even if like I, even honestly, it's not that we need structure. Like, we just need to be in practice sure. of like, you know. Yeah. doing this like this is literally the first time and if you're listening to this we appreciate you you are out there in the ether right now literally you're loved 
and you're seen and you're hurt. You're so hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. um, Let's. Number five. Okay. My number five is Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. but she wrote this album when she was 17 and you know I don't agree with most things Anthony Fontano says <laughs> um but something I do agree that he said about this is that she really is farther ahead than even Taylor was like at this point like in like at least vocally oh well um, vocally I mean she's incredible vocally vocalist. but also like you know like uh, how she, I think how she's approaching songwriting, but you have to owe it to Taylor. Taylor right. set it up. Like Olivia wouldn't exist where like at this age, like at this level of success, if Taylor Swift didn't exist. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, she really is. I think our next pop queen. She really is, and I'm excited to see what she does. I love that she is on like into grunge, into the rock side because. It's a bit that I think it's refreshing because a lot of pop, especially now, you know, tends to mix with, you know, hip hop, R&B mm-hmm. type stuff, which trust me, I love, but there's a lot of people already fucking doing that. And I think what she's doing is actually kind of fresh for music right, right now. But it's also, yeah, like you were saying a little bit grunge or like tapping into these more... 90s early aughts uh pop punky styles which is so genius because i think the reason why she is the next pop queen is because she got you know she she already won the gen zers on tiktok even did Mm -hmm. you see that video of her like she i I think it was like the the new york times like behind the song thing oh yeah where she was she literally like when she was making driver's license i think when it goes into the bridge she was like she imagined that part as like a TikTok, like trend, or you know, it's like crafting songs with TikTok in mind is, is that's such insane. An like, uh, yeah, what a concept. But um, what was I saying? Oh, but she really has like won the approval of the gays and the gen, and even gen, millennials that's like what I'm her. Saying. Millennials, that's the thing. Good for you is like one song of the year. To yeah, like genius because it's like it's like bringing in like this other generation and like the music that this other generation. She's just grew fucking up with. relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. He's relatable. Um, no, truly relatable. I mean, the entirety of brutal is mm. wow. She said it. Yeah, I'm so sick of seventeen. Where's my fucking, fucking teenage, teenage dream? Who am I if not, not exploited? exploited? I'm so. 17, where's my fucking teenage dream? If someone tells me one more time, enjoy my youth. I'm gonna cry. And it, and for me, it's yes. the, um... God. Yeah, I feel like no one wants me and I hate the way I'm perceived. Per- yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus. Um, you know... You say these are the golden years, but I was like... I mean... That's a lot truly. of pressure. So much pressure onto our youth. Like, also so much pressure. Like, she's gonna experience the whole same thing. Like, well... She's going to become a pop star. But I feel like it's relatable mm-hmm. in the sense, like, when you go to college, like, especially our parents' generation, are like, it's going to be the best time of your lives. And, like, life is just different now. Like, it's not, 
Life is less simple than it was when our parents were in college and, like, everyone just met their fucking husbands, like, in college. And, like, you know what I mean? Like... No, it's... It's a little different. And it's not that college can't be, like, great, but, like, college doesn't have to be the best time of your life and neither does, like, high school. Especially high school. Part of me is, like, I don't know if they actually really believe that. I think it's just been, like, this idea has been force-fed to them as well. Yeah, in culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super sort of just, like, instinctual for them to, like... Oh, sort of yeah, romanticize yeah, yeah. this period of time in their past. Totally. Because the present is hard. And the present is hard for uh, everyone. Uh, That's a very good point. Like, it's not even necessarily about us. It's really right. also more about them as well. That's a good point. But, um, yeah, some of my favorite songs on Sour, Tell I mean, us. Brutal, Traitor, mm-hmm. um, Deja Vu, obviously. Is oh, my God. Deja Vu gets Bam. better and better. Bam. For me, like <laughs> it's so good. It's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. No, my it's the Taylor moment for me. It's yeah. I know you get deja right. vu, and good for you. Uh, good for you. Jealousy, uh, jealousy. Also, jealousy really, is good. Well, is again, really relatable. Jealousy, jealousy is another instance of her sort of differing from other. I mean, I don't even know if I'm listening to them any other. 17 year old artist right now but it's no. like but it's like jealousy there's some really interesting like production techniques with the this like this very atonal piano towards mm. the end yeah and the like i don't uh, i don't know it's just different it's yeah. cool and it's what's also interesting is that like she you know everyone's like okay this is like in the the trend and canon of like the Disney girl turned pop artist. Yes, but she's just... still on. She's she's not like post Disney girl. She's yet. still on fucking Disney, and she like you can't compare this to uh, Meet Miley Cyrus. Right, you know what thing, I mean. Like, which by the you... way, love, but yeah, but like thing. iconic, but like like this is like she's she's an she's declared herself. A talented fucking artist right. and one of the most. And I wonder. And she's still and on sure fucking like, High School Musical, the musical, the I series. And it's so it's so funny to me. That when is like, with Joshua Bassett. Well, that's like, a whole other thing. But I, when and I like see, honestly, like who even knows if that's even real? Like, I don't know. Also, yeah, whatever. But no, it's so funny to me when it'll be like on um, what's that Spotify thing of like new releases, but spent like curated to people you listen to and it's right, like and then new it's Olivia Rodrigo song and then it's like, like a high school, high school musical, musical. I haven't listened to a single one and that's and that's I not I did being... watch the first season not gonna lie right. it was pre it was the beginning of quarantine like <laughs> it was perfect it was perfect timing yeah for me to watch that show no I'm not even like cynical towards it I'm sure it's fun yeah, I, 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 yeah. people have said that I just I don't know why. and also it's know. like people are like she's a Disney plant and it's like yeah and like not everyone I'm gonna water her I've, I've seen and I'm gonna water her wait that's so good yes that's exactly it I because it's like said that about how do you think people get famous or... like it's not oh I mean yeah you can't people, people get aren't just like there's off there's the only street. so many paths to getting like mm-hmm. at this level of fame and she has the talent for it 100% and most of most Disney plants do have the talent for it so it's like that's yeah. why they're a Disney plant and they're gonna evolve and develop as people and you can't like your reasoning for them not being valid can't be oh they were on disney okay mm. so they had talent at 10 that you don't have now at Did 40 you know that she was an american girl she was in an american girl doll movie wait shut up yeah was she like a I, d- I didn't know the american doll? girl doll because i think she was like of the newer generation but like 
Wow, that's iconic, yeah. Yeah, truly. Wait, was she the fucking... I don't know. I need to look this up. But she's like, she's like, you know, already like the most streamed artist of the year, whatever, I don't know the numbers, but... She's both a Disney girl and an American girl. She's That's an American so girl. That's so iconic, Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo, um, American girl. That's honestly like maybe more important to me than any of you. Oh my episodes. god, Grace stirs up success. Okay, so yeah, so Grace. There's a there's a doll every year, a new doll. Oh, she was a doll of the year. She was a doll of the year. Yeah. She, Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia. Was the doll of the year. She, the human being, <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. No, in my mind, yes. Yes. Okay, <sighs> so Henry's um, number five. So my number five is Blue Weekend by Wolf Alice. Won't say no. Right, because they are from the UK. Um, they were a band I really did not listen to previous. I like I knew their song "Don't Delete the Kisses" mostly because Charlie did a cover of it. It's like super auto tuned, and you know, oh, you know how she does. Uh, um, Queen. It's interesting. Um, it's not my favorite, but you know. Anyways, so but I I saw that this album was getting like ridiculously rave reviews. On Metacritic, I think it still has like a 95 or something, which is insane. Um, so I was like, I have to take it out, I guess. And I really like it. I just think, yeah, there were certain songs that immediately grabbed me, like um, Smile. I thought yes. it was super fun Smile's and cathartic sick. and kind of like a really great sort of classic fuck you song. Um, I think yeah. the album shows a really good range of sound you have. Totally. You're sort of fun punky tracks like um all the greatest hits yeah um and then i'm in love with, my favorite right now is lipstick on the glass yeah i love lipstick like on the glass super people have talked about how her she can do this thing where she like totally shapeshifts her voice and on lipstick on the glass like in the verses she's super kind of her falsetto is almost like operatic and then when the mm. chorus drops it's like yeah, her voice Sassy is so cool. And like, almost like husky, but there's so much power to it. And um, yeah. yeah, there's so many tracks I can't stop. Listening I really to like, like "How Can I Make It Okay." I love "How Can I Make It Okay." Uh, I also like "Safe from Heartbreak." If you never mm-hmm. fall in love, just like again, relatable content. Right, and again, that song sounds super different than all the others. It's so like different, a cute little yeah. sort of. It's almost like lullaby-esque. Um, I feel like it's paced really well. Yeah. It's a very well-paced album. Delicious things. Yeah, there's just so many great sort of hooky melodies, pop melodies on the album, too. Yeah, and, like, it's this album, one. like, once Henry, like, we were talking about, like, oh, what's your top five, like, you know, rough draft or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a listen, and I agreed. Great, great album. Um, but, you know, I had other things in sure. sights, and we, you know, we didn't want to overlap um, yeah. too much. So... I'm here to say that I also <laughs> really enjoy this album. I don't think we really dislike any, any of our. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally, totally. Um, we don't. 
Yeah, it's it's a good one. Just I, keeping it I, interesting for you guys. Yeah. Um, varied. <laughs> do you have any other do you have any other thoughts about it? Um no, it's just a good one and it's one that I uh if I'm not listening to a podcast right now, I've been yeah. listening to that one pretty much That's a vibe. the past few days. So Yeah, I feel that. So what's your number yeah, four? Yeah. My number four is Collapsed in Sunbeams by Ello Parks. I know you can't let go of anything at the moment. Just know it won't hurt so. Won't hurt so much forever. Won't hurt so much. Won't hurt so much forever. She is a British um, singer-songwriter. She's really great. Um, this is her debut album. Mm. And I feel like it's a pretty good debut album. Like, totally. it's... Um, like, I read a review I didn't read a full review but I read like a peak of a review that was like she like sparkles or like shines mm-hmm. or something like that and that really is accurate like she really comes yeah. through in a such a sparkly you know sunny way and I also really appreciate the variety of topics like she's really you know going on like um she she really is singing not you know she's telling her own stories but she's also singing about stuff that she knows that just, like, people in the world are going through right now through, you know, and she sees that through the immediate people in her life, but she also just, like, recognizes... A a lot of her songs have a very nice, like, general, like, we're all in this together type of energy, but not in a Mm -hmm. cheesy, cliche way. yeah. Which is hard to do, honestly. There's Um, something very, like, organic about the sound and then therefore the messaging. Like, it doesn't feel... Yeah. Force. And, yeah, so, like, I, like, honestly, like, all of these songs are great. The only, you know, the reason it isn't my number three, per se, is because they, all the songs do, in a way, you know, they vary for sure, but they, they, you know, there's not a ton of variety, Mm -hmm. like, sound, like, you know, aesthetically or, like, genre-wise, which is totally fine and valid. Um, it's consistent. It is consistent, which, you know, is nice. Um, and it's nice, especially when you're listening to the album, like, in full. Right. Um, and even, you know, a lot of the topics are consistent, too. Like, she talks a lot about her struggles with being in, you know, same-sex couple, re- couple like, couples or relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about friends having depression. And then, like, you know, it kind of just, like, then becomes, like, a more communal thing. Like, you know, her song Hurt, like, she really, like... She paints a picture of a friend who has depression, and then and name the drops chorus Twin Peaks. Yes, name drops Twin Peaks. We also love a depression. We fade. love David Lynch, <laughs> um, Daddy David Lynch. Um, also, this is like more of a like frivolous compliment, but just I love when British singers like sing in their act. Like oh my god, accent comes through. And yes, it's so because cute. like they don't always come through. No, honestly, um, rarely. I feel like yeah. Some of my favorite songs are like too good. Hope, um, Black Dog, Green Eyes. There's a lot of good ones. Honestly, it's all good. Um, but yeah, the only reason it's really not my like number three is because is all you, the no the sound is all fairly the same. And I think a lot of it comes in being a mature artist. This is Arlo's first For debut. This is her more. debut album. Like, and I think she's starting off a great point, and she has mm. many great things to come. Um, so yeah, so do you want to talk yeah. about your number four? Yeah, my number four actually, 
kind of similar to yours in, in certain aspects. So my number four is um, Ignorance by the Weather Station. It's it's similar in the sense that it is very very sonically cohesive, almost to the. That's the phrase I was looking for. Sonically, sonically cohesive. Ah, oh, sure. Ah, yeah, Next yeah. time. <laughs> well, almost to the extent of like the first, the first. Oh my god, scary boys. Scary boys. <laughs> Hi, we really are in the valley in our hearts always. We really are. Um, yeah, it's so sonically cohesive to the point where like the 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 first time maybe even the first few times i heard it 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 took me a while it all blends together a little bit the first couple times you listen it does it does it it kind of like it really exists on this like treadmill of sorts where the Mm. even the rhythms are so kind of they just it really like like from beginning to end it feels like one continuous sort of like rambling of yeah thought you're like, and what is this a new song? Like, right, right, right. The more I listen to it, the more I sort of latch on to these melodies. Like, separated is one of my mm, yeah, separated is great. Um, and then the and then the lyrics really the lyrics come are if you to the forefront. Yeah, I think that she she has this way of of saying things that are very like and it's again it's a maturity like it really super is super mature yeah it's her her lyrics aren't that um complicated in their like so poignant though right um like like be, like the first line of heart is i don't have the heart to conceal my love when i know that it's the best of me that line implies that there is a type of heart. So your heart is like what we think of as the part of you that expresses love. So that line implies that there is a type of heart that can conceal love. Yeah. Right. And that's like, duh, like have you ever met a man? Like, it's like yeah, that's literally. So, oh my god. So representative of emotionally unavailable people or people who claim to be emotionally unavailable and really are just sort of like concealing themselves and putting yeah. up walls. There's this other line, it's in Separated, when she says, if you wanted to understand me, you could. If you wanted to hold my hand, you would. But you don't want to. You've committed to this wall we sleep against. Uh, it's like... Wow. It's like he's, they're putting up a wall, and yet they're still attempting to connect, so they're like sleeping against it. I don't know. No, I that's... so brilliant. It's really... Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's and a really good listen, yeah. because it's, it's it one that listen. like... If you just pull up Genius, you know, you're going to find a lot of gems in there. Really great for a rainy day. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Walking in the city. Walking in the city. Walking on second half. You know, being on the bus on a rainy day, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, Walking on second half. Oh my God. But we're Brooklyn babies now. Now we're Brooklyn babies. I've I've been in Brooklyn for a few months and we just moved here. Literally days ago. Literally. We're sitting in his new apartment and it's adorbs. But anyways. Anyways. Um, yeah. What's yeah. your number My number three. three. My number three is Trouble Paradise by Slater.
album release party, and it was very interesting. It was. Let me just say that. Um, like the if there are two DJs overload. playing, okay. y'all need to talk because <laughs> I get that it's a Slater album release party, but you played the same what four or five Slater? Not just the same Slater. Like they played some of the same Compatriots. No, they 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 they. And it made me. So similar. It made me like the first DJ more because. Which is I was funny like, because the second is like, like the liter- more well-known it's one. It's high, yeah. So I was really just like, you're just playing the same stuff. But it's like, they obviously had their sets like right. ready. Like, it, you know. But anyways, she was great. She did a little performance. She <laughs> sung some of the songs like before the album had dropped. So like, you know, we got to hear them live. I didn't live. know what I was expecting. I didn't I, even know what it, because I was like, oh my God. It's also, it's Slater, you know? Right. So it's like, a lot of it is in the production. I was expecting like a sort of, Taylor listening session or what are the what does she call those things? Oh yeah, they're like Taylor secret sessions. Secret sessions. Yeah. I expected a secret sessions where she was just gonna like play the album and sort of we were gonna like sway our hands back and forth with her or whatever. But yeah, and I would have liked that honestly to yeah. just hear the whole album in full with her. I feel like that would have been fun. That would have been fun. Instead, she's saying what did she say? She's saying Venom. Venom. Because I specifically remember her being like, "These vegan bitches, bitches want beef. beef. Right. They want beef." Um. But anyways, it's your album. Go off, sis. Okay, thank you, sis. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like am obsessed with her sonic aesthetic and mm-hmm. her nor everything all her all uh, her all aesthetic, <laughs> her, all her of her aura, her, persona, her aura, her persona. Um, bringing and what she's giving. She really makes me feel like the the alt bitch. Um, <laughs> Like, she, she does what Charlie does for me walking down the street. You know sure. what I mean? You know, all of her singles off this were fantastic. Like, Clouds, Trouble Paradise, and Cowboys are all insane bops. Another thing to point out, another person who wouldn't exist without Taylor Swift. Because T- mm. Slater has, you know, said that Taylor is one of her biggest lyrics. How's she lyric. even know that? Yeah, I watched this, this random video on YouTube that was like, really? the, the rise of Slater. And like... <laughs> And that, yeah, she's, she's said that Taylor Swift was one of her, you know, okay, like lyrics, totally. like songwriting, you know, she looks after her in that sense. Um, or, you know, she's inspired by her songwriting mm-hmm. and it makes sense because when you listen to Slater's lyrics, she, she's writing, you know, it's this idea, you know, and it's not that pop artists haven't done it before, but it's Taylor started, I'd say the phenomenon of pop music that is personally narrated narratively personal mm-hmm. you know what i mean like she's only writing about their lives there's no pop there's there's some pop culture references but like mm-hmm. it's mostly not it's mostly mm-hmm. about whatever and or about her love life or her heartbreak or you know whatever right. um and i just love that a lot of her material in this album is sad but it, it they're bops like yeah, you, i mean i i the first time i heard clouds I was, oh my god I was only captivated by the beat and yeah then but then you realize like oh shit but then you listen to the lyrics and you're like wait she's doing something different because mm-hmm. yeah and i can say like oh like taylor 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 but like she's she's doing her own thing a hundred percent like people have obviously made sad pop music before yeah. obviously uh, but it's it, i mean i'd almost say like she's all, like that's a little post lana too as well it's totally post lana yeah and th- there's a camp campiness to mm-hmm. it I think, like, starting off and, like, her, her mixtape, it was, like, fully committed to the camp of, like, the Y2K MySpace yes. sort of, like, 
e-girl like she wasn't even really a person like she was solely like that's she so felt true. like a, like an internet avatar wait that's that but and that was the aesthetic like, right and that was the and mood I, and i loved no yeah and this feels like a little bit more of like not to be like it's, more of slater but but it is but it, like but it's like an it's it's an interesting um it's an interesting combo like she's not like, trying she's not putting on a character she's herself in this album a little bit more. A little bit more, yeah. Um, Whatever but I think her, is, yeah, but. and like, obviously now, and and like that first mixtape really solidified her in the hyper pop like scene, obviously. Mm-hmm. And now like you know she's definitely one of the more like well known like oh if you say like I don't know I I don't I don't think in the straight hyper pop community but <laughs> <laughs> in the gay hyper pop community for sure every like it's like oh is yeah, there a straight hyper pop community? Yeah, because it's like Blade and like. You know, oh, lady. Okay. <laughs> I well, I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah, I've like never listened to Gex, a ladies. <laughs> like so many like Gex is like yeah. Gex? Even though I know they're trans, like but like so they have a ton of like queer Gex. No, of yes. course there's a ton of queer Gex fans, but like I don't know. But, yeah, Straight men introduced they, me to Gex. They weren't playing Gex at the DJ sets. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, right. Anyways, some of my favorite songs off the album that like weren't singles. I really like Venom. Um... And letters. I really like letters. She had a lot of, she honestly had a lot of singles off of this. I also really, Doghouse is. Doghouse is fun. I like that it, it's, uh, it, it, there's that, um, what is, it's, it's like, it's like this, it's like, it's not a snare, but it's a sound that you hear in like voguing, uh, tracks. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I do. Interesting I, I appreciate the variety, like. Yeah. For sure, and... Here's the thing, what I'll say about variety... Here's what initially... It didn't turn me away from it, but the first few songs... Yeah. um, I just wish it was maybe paced differently. um, (laughs) (laughs) Something real killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Her being personal. Um, (laughs) This is Slater. (laughs) Something real killer. But like, no, I mean, the first... Honestly, up until Troubled Paradise, they all kind of fit in like the same sort of similar like sonic space. Of yeah. The, the yeah, like, and then it goes more rappy. a little more dream and pop. And then we get a little more yeah pop melody. I wish I think personally maybe just because it was I wish it was more intertwined because I started That's not to get bored but like I couldn't fully appreciate the intricacies of the song. In the no, I actually do kind of get like, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of artists like quickly go to putting their singles back to back mm-hmm. and to be honest i'm not i don't and know usually, if i, I but know they usually why put them in the front too so she didn't do that which is interesting yeah i and i think it keeps the album going for sure because like you said like you do start getting a little lost like uh, but i don't know i was telling henry and i were talking about this a couple like days ago i was like i feel like i'm gonna be biased with slater just because of like how like much I am obsessed with the aesthetic, like like, and how I relate to it. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna miss some like inherent flaws just because I'm like, oh my god, like vibes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's very much an artist who, yeah, her her visual presentation is like super like associated or entrenched with our experience with the music yeah so, totally which i appreciate um, yeah 
I think that's super important, especially now with like literal our fucking phones. Right. What's your third? Did I not give my third yet? Oh that my was my God. third because I went first. Jeez. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll go pretty quickly, and I always no, forget okay. the name of this album because it's super like okay. okay. What is it? Okay, so, so our top two are the same. Our top first two of all, we have to acknowledge our top two are the same. Henry does not know yet which one. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. It's my top. Okay. So. Okay. So Who's I'm your like, third? Who's my third is um, Cassandra Jenkins. Oh album. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's Beautiful. called an overview on phenomenal nature. just seven tracks the last one being this like almost eight minute long instrumental piece that literally like just sounds like a sunrise oh my god yeah it's just it's just really pretty and soft and like the again lyrically there's so many moments that are just like very plain spoken but when you hear them you're like oh my god yes like it's such a meditative album like yeah. Do the dishes to it, like go on a walk, like go on a walk. smoke some weed, you'll vibe. Mm-hmm. Crosshairs is um, yes, yes, I really like Crosshairs. All I all I want, wait, what did she say? All I want is to fall in love with. I can't do it without singing it, and I don't want to sing. Just right sing now. it a little. I've been singing. All I, all I want is to fall in love in the no. All I want is to fall apart. Yes. That's what it is. All I want to fall apart in the arms of someone entirely strange to me. Uh, Hi. Same. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I'm i like, what? Yeah. Um, so it's just, each song is beautiful. Um, check it out. Really yeah, soft, I enjoy that tender as well. voice. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Okay, number two. Okay, so now we're at our top two. Henry and I have the same top two. Um, if you're picking up on our vibes, I'm sure you might even be able to be guessing right now. I'm curious if people are guessing things that are like right <laughs> or wrong. Um, so my number two is obviously going to reveal my number one. So should I just reveal my number one? I think. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number two, my number two, my number two is Jubilee okay, by Japanese Rockers. A good fucking album. So let's just say that. So, Jubilee's your number two. Yeah. Jubilee's my number one. So. Okay. So we'll just talk about it both. Right. Both. Now. Let's. Yeah. yeah just, let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Jubilee. So I love. I've I've loved Japanese Breakfast. I actually wasn't even. I wasn't on board for the first album. I'm not saying that I don't like it, but I just I didn't become a fan until. Um. The second album, um, Boyish is yeah one of my favorite songs of all time. Boyish is great. Um, and yeah, I just love her. And then I was super excited for this year when she announced that like she's releasing pretty much at the same time this memoir about the death of her mother. And the, the past, her past two albums have sort of been exploring grief in different ways and this kind of felt like just another iteration of that and in a different way but so 
she releases this book about the death of her mother, but at the same time, she's like, my, my album is going to be more about sort of not, it's more, it's more about, they say it's like, okay, it's her joyous album. It's really about attempting joy and like trying totally. to find joy out of difficult situations or finding peace and moving on. Which is like really growth. honorable and vulnerable, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always admire that in a person. Um, and it is, I think it is rare. I think it's like, it's very natural for the indie singer songstress <laughs> to go to, sad, to go sad, which again, we're talking about post Lana, but, yeah. but I mean, the, I mean in the indie singer song, well, that's existed forever. That's not, yeah, of course. But there, it, it, it also, it's also, it also tends easier. to all blend together. Like, cause at the end of the day, you're just singing with a guitar and it's, it's great, but, and you can still, there's still new things to do with it. A hundred percent. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. And I also um, think all art, it's, it's much easier to make sad art than it is happy art. Like, I think comedy yeah. writing is much harder than writing about totally. realism or drama or whatever because it's so easy to borderline on corny and, and forceful. Yeah, and, totally. Um, but what she does, interestingly, is, like, almost find, like, the joy in comedy out of death in a song like In Hell. Oh, my God. When she's, like... Ex- talking about like expecting the death of her partner or loved one or whatever. What is that lyric? The first like this like something this would happen like of course this would happen. Yeah, like I've come to expect it. Oh yeah, I've come to expect um, it. Like really powerful lyric. Yeah, and again, this is why like you know Olivia and Arlo were at the bottom for me, and mm-hmm. you know Japanese breakfast and you'll see me number one. So at top, it's like you you can't like people. There's talented people at every age, but you have to put, you know, you have to account for experience. And Japanese Breakfast has experience. Michelle, yeah. she has experience with words. And then where the joy, I think, really comes through is sonically, like, be sweet, uh, complete Bob. Be sweet to me, baby. Exactly. I wanna believe. And Paprika is a really nice opener. Oh, my God. It's not even my favorite song on the album because it's, uh, I get a little lost in it, honestly. Um, but kind of in a good way. But that's Again. why I haven't, like, it's like, oh, it's not my favorite because, like, I feel like I haven't really processed, like, what the song is even about because I get lost in the ambiance of the production every single time. And then and then you look at the lyrics and it's, like, insane. It's, like, yeah. this, like, okay, I'm just gonna... She's a poet. She's I'm a fucking poet. I'm say yeah. the, the first verse. It's, like crazy lucidity came slowly i woke from dreams of untying a great knot it unraveled like a braid into what seemed were thousands of separate strands of fishing line attached to coarse behavior it flowed a calm it urged what else is here like that it sounds like a like just saying it out loud like sounds like a completely different thing from what we hear because yeah the melodies themselves are so strong they can carry their own weight and then you're like wait a minute she's also like doing this too it's crazy yeah um, I also really love, we both love Posing in Bondage. Posing in it's, Bondage. It's very, I mean, like, you know, everyone has oh, their classic. Oh my God. Their classic, oh my God, quarantine was so hard song, but she, oh my God, she does it in the most poetic way. Posing Bondage is so sexy. Yeah, I checked Proxy. on my last FM thing. Yeah. My most played song of the year so far. Wow. Yep. I'm curious what my most played song is. I think I might be embarrassed by it. 
No, I'm fully I think it is probably off of reputation. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking lie. I would not um, be surprised if it's fucking... Dress? Delicate. Delicate. Oh, totally. Maybe yeah. Ready For It. No! I don't think I listen to Ready For It that much. Okay, okay. Um, no, but Posing in Bondage. Yeah. Oh, it's ex- it's oh. so good. And it's like... Savage, Every, yeah. Savage Good Savage Boy. Savage Good Boy. Another funny. one. She's a funny queen. Like... She's so smart. Like, yeah. she's so... So intellectual. And, mm-hmm. like... I think, like... Female songwriters... Like, their intellect comes through in very different ways. And I think that... You know... A, a huge reason certain female artists experience a little bit more misogyny. And, you know their the music world and how the media and also you know how people you know react to their stuff is like language and i think that since she does it in such a like quote-unquote intellectual mm-hmm. you know manner she is a literal writer like right. um and i think that approach of like oh like she writes she also writes things for the page not just for the song mm-hmm. translates over totally and i think that that's why it she is a little bit more accessible to a more of a general audience, not just like oh like girl indie Bob. Yeah. Um. Whereas you know I think some other indie girls fall into. Mm-hmm. Um. Or you know I always have this argument like Anthony Fantano can only understand so much about Phoebe Bridgers like he's never fully gonna you know and it's like I feel like she kind of like I mean I think if you I don't know she manages to like kind of push out of that with just like her pure complexity and her lyrics it's really impressive yeah, yeah also you know tactics posing for it posing for cards is a great ending I mm. always appreciate when an artist. Uh, goes instrumental on the end. Oh, because I love a. Uh, I mean, we just talked about. I Phoebe. like being carried out. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't like being cut off. I like being carried out. It, it it was very much a finale track. Yeah. And the horns throughout the whole uh, album, like uh, like side tackle. Is it side sli- tackle? No, or it's slide. slide. Okay, okay, okay. I really like slide tackle. It's probably slide one of my tackle favorites. is one of my favorites. The yeah, the horns in that are. Redonkulous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so. Num- so, number two for me, but number one number for Number one for Sarah is Daddy's Home. annoyingly enough like controversy like right. i don't even like so saint vincent did an interview with this writer named emma madden i'm unsure for which publication but um at this point she had already like announced the album and the title and was kind of presenting it with this narrative of like daddy's home it's about annie clark's father's release from prison and so suddenly it was it was this almost like peek behind the curtain moment for St. Vincent in her like um, promotion, which was unexpected because 
you know, St. Vincent is a shapeshifter and she oh is yes. a character. Like, with each album, she creates a certain persona and kind of, yeah, rids herself of Annie Clark's humanity, whatever that is, to create some other interesting new iteration of herself. That's why people always call her, like, the David Bowie of our generation. Totally. And in the... In the aesthetic of this daddy's home reveal, she still looked like she was very much embodying this character of like seventies New York, um, Gina Rollins. You know, I mean, she's wearing this wig. Like, yeah, it's clearly not quote unquote whoever Annie Clark is. But then there's this messaging of like, oh, it's about her father's release from prison. Yeah. So, you know, she, she approaches this interview. And I think that level of curiosity may invite someone to, like, I guess, question that contradiction, which is is fair. Um, And, of course, I think we process art, how it fits into, like, the cultural landscape at all times. So if we're talking about an album that's about her father's release from prison and it also is known information that her father went to jail for, like, money embezzlement and white collar crimes and he's very like it's like yeah he's a fucking what right. gen x or not even he's a boomer like he's a white man boomer most of them suck what did you expect <laughs> well like, it's it's whatever i mean clearly that's not even, yeah that's, that that aside like it does it shouldn't matter like it was it's just clearly like he whatever there there's obviously some sort of like level of of evilness to whoever this person is or whatever the whatever the situation is so the interviewer yeah. started asking questions one about that but then even more broader like what are her opinions on the carceral state and like prison abolition and you know she's like that's just so not <laughs> what the point is like and again i like return to this idea of like why what do why do we care what St. Vincent has to say about the carceral state? Like what what is, you know, knowing what she some answer about this question, how is that actually going to affect any change in the very complicated problems that are, you know, tied to like the current moment? Um Yeah, and I also think that like chances are she probably is fairly left about it anyway. No, and she even But said, she shouldn't have to fucking yeah. Like, that should not be a requirement for her to make an album about her dad getting released to prison for her to be like, but don't worry. Release well, yeah. the, you know, or what I, you know, like, say this, like, leftist, like, political argument. Like, it, that shouldn't be it a really requirement means... to, like, make art about something that happened in her life. Like, what? It means nothing. And it's like, yeah. there are all these, it's like, there's so many layers of, like, conscious, conscience clearing going on here because it's not, Yeah. Totally. it's like, one you know one of the downsides about social media is that because it's given everyone a voice everyone a voice everyone thinks their voice is important i mean clearly we're making a podcast right yeah now. We're like we're <laughs> our voices are so important and right like but it goes further than that so it's yeah. like if you don't you know quote unquote use your voice on social then media suddenly then suddenly you're a bad person you're being silent you're negatively contribute contributing to an issue and then this other layer to it where if 
the artist that I stand doesn't yeah. say something about it, then, then I, I can't like her. So it's really, it's like, do we, do we even really care what St. Vincent has to say about this? It's like, no, we, it's like, we're just, there's this expectation now that people when in releasing an album have to like, you know, regurgitate whatever is on the latest infographic in order for us to like, well clear said. our conscious and like <laughs> accept them. And it's just so ridiculous. It's just insane. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it, it is, it is insane. And you know, ultimately like, this is a very personal album about something that sounds like a very hard time in her life. And it's not her right. fault. Her dad went to prison for. No, I mean, I, I, I do like, think, I do think like she kind of messed up and dropped the ball and even like coming forth, well, like in, in the early presentation of the album, like really sort of beginning with that statement because like, one, it doesn't. The whole album doesn't even really cover that. It's like no, it's really it's just about really, her her personal, you know, relationship with this, you know, kind of screw her screwed up, weird, rocky relationship with her mm-hmm. father and like the, you know, the the album is a mood. It's and, a mood, and it is still that character of like yeah. it. It feels like, I mean. Sonically, obviously, she's really tapping tapping into the seventies, and we can talk about Jack in a second. But, like, um, yeah, I I think I think the album is so much bigger than that that sort of statement that everyone sort of immediately latched onto. Um, I mean, and what was the other thing I was gonna say? Um, I mean, yeah, it, it is complicated. So she, she did. So what happened was after the interview was over, her and her team basically like asked asked them to pull the interview, and then the writer ended up publishing it herself somehow, like separately, and then it got taken down. But of course, you know, when something's on the internet once, it's on there forever, so people can still find it. But like, there is something to say about like, you know, what what is the purpose of journalisms and should journal of, of journalism and should journalists always be sort of approaching an interview sort of in favor of the artist and just trying to support them i don't think so and i i think she should have just kept it up there and we could have done the analysis ourselves of totally. like this interviewer is kind of being a dumb bitch here yeah totally <laughs> you know um yeah, I like if I was a little less tired, I could potentially come up with a good metaphor. But like, it's not gonna happen. But like, imagine me saying a really good metaphor right now <laughs> to the fact that Saint Vincent was like, "This is what my album's about," right. and she's like, "Okay, so how do you feel about the like inherent systemic flaws right. of that topic that you're writing about?" It's like, well, no, I'm not writing about the inherent systemic flaws. Yeah. I'm writing about a moment in time in that world. Like, it's just, like, not even a part of it. And it's, like, and even if the album were, whatever, even if there is, like, some sort of element to this album about a person who has done horrible, evil things, like, I think there is something, honestly, interesting to... (laughs) It's art! It's art! To, like, I mean, hello, we live in, like, a post-Sopranos, Mad Men culture yes. like anti heroes are interesting and they're like and they're like iconic you know <laughs> like they're literally like oh my god t- people are like oh my god tiny soprano like right. but, and it's just like 
No, I mean... Why don't we give women that same space? Yeah. But, like, what are some of your favorite tracks? <laughs> <laughs> um, where is my phone? <laughs> Here. It's mine. I got it, I got it. You got so, your phone? I mean, I think, like, oh my from the get-go, I think the first Pay single your way was... Pain is great. It's like down that and out intro. downtown. I listened to this album on my way here, by the way, in my yeah. in my in my lift, and I was I was high and love. Yeah, listening to down and out downtown in New York really fucking hits. Right. Um, I have Daddy's become obsessed. Daddy's, obs- home, Daddy's, <laughs> Daddy's <laughs> home is fantastic. Um, I've become in in love with at the holiday party for some reason. Interesting. Um, yeah. I think it's. It's, she talked about, did you watch the Fantano, like, hour-long interview? No, because it's an hour long. It's really good. I'll, I'll get it's to it. It's not even because I think he's, like, that great of an interviewer or anything, yeah. but she just... I was, do respect his grind. No, I I talk a lot of shit about yeah. Anthony Fantano, and it's just because I get upset when I disagree with him about... Or, no, I get upset at him when he has a different opinion than me on stuff that I really care about. Of on course. stuff I really care about. As we all do. As we all yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, it, it It was good because it, it just gave her, like, a long chunk of time to just talk about the album itself rather yeah. than all this bullshit. And um, she was talking about... What's what's so cool about this album is the presence of the... back. One of the many things is, like, the presence of the background singers are yes. so there and it kind of makes it feel like a band where like St. Vincent's the totally. lead singer. Totally. She, like she brings you into this room. Like, right. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really cool. And she was talking about how you know, the, the singers came in, they did their thing, they did what she told them to do and then she was like, okay, so now I want you to like sing it like you know, you've had like one too many drinks and it's like, we're, it's like maybe reeling into the morning and they did and she's like okay now it's like 7 a.m and you're like dirty and gross and hungover and whatever yeah and then it just created all these like really interesting moments of like imperfection and like imperfection is perfection and yes yeah no it just like really adds to you know how complex how emotionally complex this album is Mm -hmm. um and the different moods she manages to make, or, I don't know if, yeah, I feel like she creates these, like, tonalities and these moods through the, the music that, um, I don't know, sometimes I feel a little bit of, like, random nostalgia, mm-hmm. like, when listening, and it's because this whole album is based on nostalgia, and it's just, like... Right. it's very it's, reflective of a certain time, but it's yeah. still, um... I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's still modern in certain way. Or no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but it is crazy that, like, so Jack Antonoff produces pretty much everyone He's at this point. He's so fucking I versatile. Of, I saw a lot of Jack hate what? on my timeline. I know it was, like, post-Solar Power, and someone shared this article that was, like, Jack Antonoff makes a lot of music, and most of it isn't good. And I was like, Most of it Are is some of the best music we've gotten in the last 10 years, so fuck you. Well, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, okay, kids. Okay, kids. Um, but Daddy's Home is crazy. It's just crazy. Like, he, th- he's he's also a shapeshifter, the fact like, that he was yeah. able to 
create something this like authentically 70s and like we initially knew him from like we are young yes and then even even going a little bit further back like when he first started working with lana like at that point he was the height of his stuff was like melodrama and then he'd done a lot of pop like synth poppy stuff with like carly rain whatever so she yeah she said she says in this interview like oh i expected him to come in with a bunch of like dance beats wait saint vincent no lana oh lana yeah and then suddenly he was like you know doing the Norman thing on the piano and she was like, okay. Um, yeah. So. Fuck. Yeah. Him and Lana are really a match. Made in heaven. I know, but none of the new tracks were drag tracks. On chemtrails? No, on like the blue banisters. And really? I could tell. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm hesitant about the new Lana. We'll just have to wait and we'll see. see. We'll just wait till uh, America's birthday. Um, <laughs> but if she even releases it on that, because she does that all the time where she was like, it's oh, okay. coming out. Oh, and, just, then, and then, then she, months yeah. later. Um, yeah. yeah, I I really like Pay Your Own Pain, Down mm-hmm. Not Downtown, Daddy Sound, Live in the Dirt. <laughs> the first oh, five tracks are all stellar. Um, Down is a huge bop. Down is... Somebody Like Me is awesome. And yeah, I mean, another thing Anthony Fantana said about this was you feel like you are literally in a dream the entire time, Mm -hmm. and you really are. I will give that to you, Anthony. Um, This is so stupid. I hate that there's this Spotify playlist. Sorry, I'm on the St. Vincent album, and then it's like, you might also like, it's like, it's called Badass, because of course, if you're like a good female musician, you have to be identified as like, yes that's (laughs) such a good point like okay yeah so to kind of wrap this up something henry and i wanted to kind of discuss Um, (laughs) i don't know if you've noticed but all of our top fives and most of our honorable mentions were (laughs) (laughs) um uh, were i female artists and i don't know if you guys been feeling this but like men I don't know if it's just, like, not really your time anymore because I feel like that's kind of... And don't get me wrong, like, you know. I no, think it's I just, ridiculous I, to say that... Really been on my radar. I, I... Nothing has been on my radar as much and also, like, when I do try and listen to an album, you know, any... There's been a couple new, like, albums by, by guys. I mean, obviously... Oh, you know, did we even talk about Serpent with Feet? No, we didn't. No, okay, so, like... Serpent of Feet was, like, one of my honorable mentions. Um, but, you know, he's he's not even... He's not straight. He's not, like, right. white. Like, like with cis, cis white men making music right now, I'm just like, you better be, like, pulling some genius shit. And you're kind of not. None of you are. I can't even think... What is... I'm trying to think like of the, the, the last album. The, gir- the girls are beating you. The girls are beating. Like, they are ahead. S- mm. 17-year-old Olivia Rodrigo. I know she's 18, but, like, in my mind, she's 17 because she yeah. wrote this album when she was 17. Like, she is beating you guys. And I think that, you know, it's pretty obvious that we've been, like, suppressing, you know, these I, female yeah. voices for so long because they're... Finally, they really, you know, you know, also, I guess we are biased because we are, you know, a girl and a guy <laughs> um, at the end of the day. But 
yeah, it's just like the female artists have really been stepping it up and the male artists have not. Um, not Again, not to say that there weren't good albums by male artists. Well, but honestly, like, I mean, recently I, I can't even... But it just hasn't even been on my radar. I can't even think... Um, of, yeah, it's not on my radar at ooh. all. I mean, yeah, there is a certain bias. Last year, my fave album was Fiona and then Lana, and I'm trying to think of other No, I think my favorite album's always... Because we relate in, like, a much deeper way. And, like, just like, you know, just like straight boys fucking, we're like, oh my god, like, uh, what's the play, the new Playboy Cardi? The something red. Oh. Like, all in red. Listen. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I mean, the, it's like, it all sounds the same, pretty much, especially towards the end. The first couple songs are, like, good, but... Okay. It, or, like, how, like, uh, you know, a lot of straight men are like... Oh my God, Jesus is the best thing ever made, and like I agree, Jesus is one of the best things ever made. But it's like their enthusiasm for it is like because they like relate on their weird like like straight man level, whereas like <laughs> we kind of relate to all these female musicians on like you know a level that they'll simply never understand. Whereas we understand their their thing. We're like, okay, we see, we understand. You're like, oh my God, like whoa, man. I, but, mean, I don't know if I understand their thing, but. I don't know. I think I only... Yeah, I think I... You caught me. I think I understand, like, 50% of it. Like, men are, like, so... Straight men are so, so... Simple, but so complex. And it's, um... It confuses... It perplexes me every day. Um, But anyways, yeah. I mean, basically... The the girls have really been hitting... um, Musically, aesthetically, they're being unapologetically themselves and that's what we love to see and they're sharing their stories and they're not taking any shit and on that (laughs) this podcast was a little bit we messy no but this is literally our first podcast we learned a lot but i think this is now part of the like valley valley girls way is just sort of we just need meandering through we need to meander um, because like henry like this this happens when we talk is we'll start talking about something in the middle of talking about something we'll jump to something else because something reminds us and like i'm sure this is everyone does this and it's not we're not special and like that's relatable (laughs) um but yeah so i don't know i hope you like I don't know. I don't know for me, at least when I listen to podcasts, even if like they're like kind of not even like on it, like I like just having someone's voice in my ear that I feel like is yeah. right next to me. And I hope you no, I mean, felt that a I little think, bit. And you know, with the pandemic, the pandemic, the pandemic, and moving and how alone. It's just been, I think, yeah, the, the, really the sole like comfort of podcasts is just like feeling like there's someone with you. Yeah. And just like, yeah, and just and it, it it does it helps you it helps you think it introduces you to stuff. Hopefully, you got introduced to maybe some new music. Um, I think most of the podcast will end, you know, with like a little valley fact. We didn't like necessarily come up with one no. for today, but I think you got a little. Valley. I think I'll I think I'll say just like a quick little yeah. Shout you, out. Do you have, we have one? To, well, we just have to. Think, we can we can shout. We, that, we can to, do a shout out. Yeah. Well, I was fun. gonna say. I don't. Maybe we shouldn't end on a sad note. I was just gonna say, like, rest in peace, ArcLight Cinema in the gallery, Galleria. Okay, this is news. Wait, to you me. didn't know that ArcLight, all ArcLight, first of all, they went bankrupt. They went under. I mean, to be honest, I'm not really sad. Like, it's mostly the one in Sherman Oaks that I'm upset about. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like the Galleria, uh, yes, ArcLight, ArcLight is, Galleria is... on Ventura and Sepulveda. Yeah. Um, 
iconic hangout spot for middle school and early high school kids before you can drive. Curfew was 10. Your parents would have no to pick you up. No longer are the nights of, you know, Ben and Jerry's post running into someone you don't want to see at... Every time I go to the Arclight, I see someone I don't want to see. Games catching fire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you're in, you're in Ben and Jerry's with your sister and mm-hmm. your mom and your dad. Mm-hmm. And it's a Friday night and mm-hmm. you're 14. And you feel like you're a little embarrassed that, yeah. you know... You're content with your life and going out on a Friday night with your parents, but you're starting to realize that other people aren't. And you're like, is this lame? That's right. the Galleria. That's the Galleria. <laughs> I mean, the Galleria, again, we're talking about Valley history. The Galleria was an actual mall in the 80s yes. where they shot, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont yes. High. Yes, true, true, true. Um, but now it's like even this iteration of the Galleria is what is it now it's a bunch of office buildings i it's Truly. depressing and a cheesecake really, factory the cheesecake factory i yes i've been there so many times Even urban home is gone what you're right urban home is fucking gone what the fuck what are we supposed did we to even do go in it no but it did was we nice even go in it? and lay on the couches and be like he 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 <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much for listening. Like, seriously, if you're listening, thanks so much. And yeah, I don't know. What are we going to do next time? I mean... There's so many ideas. I think we should save Red for like October. Oh, no, 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 no. That's going to be a fall moment. That's a fall moment. I think... I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. Keep you on your toes. (laughs) All right. Um, TTYL. TTYL. Ilya Bye. Bye. (laughs)